Welcome to the sermon podcast for New Life Church's Cabot Campus. We are located at 3400 West Main Street in Cabot, Arkansas. Our service times are Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. To find more information about what we believe, upcoming events, and more, please visit newlifechurch.tv or you can text the word Cabot to 88000. I want to start by going back to that verse that the Cokers shared. Matthew chapter 2, verse 10. It says, let me find it. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Story of Jesus has a lot to do with light. And they were overjoyed in seeing that physical light. But ultimately what the Father heart of God would want would be for us to experience not just a natural and physical light, but a spiritual light. His presence, his spirit. And, uh, and so today I wanna talk to you about that. Like what, what are the real Christmas lights? What's the real light that God would want us to see? I thought... I'd start by asking you, what is your favorite part of the Christmas season? Okay, so how many of you would say the music, the Christmas music is your favorite part? Interesting. All right, well, we won't do any more Christmas carols. So that's, that's cool. No, y'all didn't raise your hand because I gave everybody who loved Christmas music a hard time last week. So you're like, I ain't doing that again. All right, uh, and, and this, this question is just to test how honest you're gonna be with me today. How many of you would say the gifts is your favorite part of Christmas? There is a bunch of liars in this room. There's just, come on. Okay, here, giving gifts. How many of you, that's your favorite part? Whatever, whatever, whatever. How about receiving gifts? Who's willing to be honest in God's house today and saying, I like getting some gifts, okay? Well, my son, I'll thank you for being honest about that. How many of you would say the food? You love the food around the holiday season, the food, yeah. Yep, I'm a big fan. Really food any season. It doesn't really have to be this season. I just like food. How about clothes? Anybody like your big fans of holiday clothing? Some of you have a very, very strong Christmas sweater game, I must say. Maybe too strong. It's a little weird, honestly, but we're, we're glad that you're here. How many of you would say the decorations? The decorations are your favorite part of the holiday season, yeah. But how many of you would say that your favorite part is other people's decorations for the holiday season? That's me, <laughs> that's me. Glad you're passionate about it. We enjoy looking at your passion. I just don't wanna do it myself. Well, I think all those things are great. But the thing is, in this one month of the year, we try to pack it all in. Like, let's write a letter and a card to everyone that we've ever known, even if we don't like them. Let's do that. And then at the same time, let's entirely redecorate our house, both inside and out. We're gonna take these lights and bring them outside. We're gonna take those trees and bring them inside. <laughs> gonna hang socks over the fireplace. It all makes perfect sense. And then we'll also buy perfect gifts, perfect gifts. 
for everyone that we love. But I'll bet you there's been a few of you that have been freaking out a little bit because you bought a gift for someone that you haven't even talked to in a year. And you're wondering, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to land right or not. You might feel a little stressed. And then let's bake stuff, all kinds of stuff, and create all kinds of decorations. And we are just going to Pinterest pressure ourselves to death. And because we've got so much downtime, let's have a dozen Christmas parties for every social and work group that we're a part of and every kid at every school on opposite ends of town. And since we've got a lot of free time available, let's let all the school kids out of school for almost three weeks. Yep, well, those are teachers. Yep. Joy. The point is this, I'm not trying to be critical or negative, but there is a component how do you keep real joy? Like, how do you really stay in that space of real joy that even if you are doing all those things, you know that those are not the things that actually bring real joy? It's from a light, a light that came into your life. Have you noticed that there's a lot about Christmas that has to do with lights? Lights on homes, stores, trees. In the Northern Hemisphere, actually, Christmas comes at one of the darkest times of the year. For half the world's population, we're in the time of year where we're experiencing the most hours of darkness and we're celebrating light. There's a good contrast in that. Lights played a major part in the original Christmas story. You have angels that show up and put on a light show for shepherds. Wise men that are led by an unusually bright star in the sky. Why all the lights? This theme is from cover to cover in the word of God. It's because God is trying to get us to understand how to see, how to experience, and how to live in real light in spite of how dark things are. The truth is one of the reasons why they were celebrating these lights that they were seeing is because they knew that they were the sign and symbol of the coming Messiah. And the reason why they were so overjoyed about that, it has been over 400 years since the last prophet had said anything about him coming. 400 years of darkness, spiritual darkness. So they had something to be excited about. But a lot of them missed the point. And I think that we can miss the point too. What are we really celebrating? What's it about? How do we keep that joy? What is the real light? It's important because of verses like Ecclesiastes 11, 8. People should enjoy every day of their lives, no matter how long they live, but they should remember that there will be many dark days. Well, that's really depressing. But only if you don't get the real light, if you don't understand it. But everyone's gonna go through some dark days in their life, for sure, emotional, where you're just down and depressed. 
A lot of times when you're depressed, like you want the natural lights off too. It's like, I just want a dark room. But I'll tell you this, I've been in some perfectly well-lit rooms with somebody that's severely depressed and it makes it dark in that room. Where, where they're just in a season where they've, they've lost connection or have never experienced real light. The real light that can happen. Confusion can be very dark too. Like, I just don't know what to do. You have a lot of doubts about where you're gonna go in life. And the problem that challenges us so much is there's so much deceit in the world. So many lies, like what, who do you believe? What do you believe? That can be discouraging if you don't know where to find the real light. Isaiah 6, 21, it says, people will wander aimlessly, distressed and hungry for what they don't have. That's where a lot of people are. What about conflicts with people you love? And that can make for some dark days. Grief, loneliness, letdown, they all have dark days attached to them. But let's look at the hope around Jesus. In Isaiah 9, 2, it says, the people who walk in darkness, they will see a great light, a light that will shine on all who have been living in the shadow of death. 1 John 1, 5 says it this way, God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. At all. None. Wow. I don't know about you, but I don't always feel that way. Still feels like, no, like all, some, maybe most. In your life, like at creation and Christmas, you have an opportunity to see God bringing light. He said, let there be light. And he was speaking about physical, natural light. But he's also saying that about the spiritual light his presence. There's two times in your life where you're going to experience light that will light up your life. The day that you're born and the day that you're born again. There's just two different kinds of light. One lady described it this way when talking about her salvation. It was like I swallowed sunshine. And a lot of us remember that day. We remember that time when it was just like, it's undeniable. There's something different about it. It doesn't make sense. But let's talk about, you know, what about physical, natural light? Quick overview. Well, light is an electromagnetic wave. There's infrared, infrared waves. There's visible light. There's ultraviolet light. There's X-rays. There's gamma rays. And in Arkansas, there's Billy rays. And they light up a lot too, guys. What does light do? Light helps me see. Light helps me see. Ephesians 5.13, light makes all things easy to see. If you're trying to walk around in the dark, like even in your own home where you're very familiar with the layout and all that, especially if you're raising kids, you all know this. If you're trying to walk around in the dark, even in your own home at one point or another, you're gonna step on a toy. How many of you have ever experienced how your faith 
can be tested and tried by stepping on a Lego in the middle of the dark, right? Or you're going to trip over a backpack that was not put where the backpacks go when kids get home from school, and so you trip. Or you're going to catch your little toe on the leg of a piece of furniture because somebody shifted it just a couple of inches, and you knew where everything was, but you didn't anticipate that that piece of furniture would be moved. And again, all of hell is trying to manifest through your mouth. Even if you're very familiar, if you're in the dark, you're vulnerable. Light exposes, it uncovers, it clarifies. Have you ever shined a really bright light under your bed though? Under your bed in the house you've been living in for years? You will see some things that'll frighten you and make you feel like a disgusting person because light brings clarity, gives you perspective. You get the details when something's under light. If a surgeon is cutting on you and the lights go out, you're in trouble. In John 8, 12, it says this, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't be stumbling through the darkness for living light will flood your path. Living light. When you have a decision to make, when you're confused, when you need that light and clarity, one thing that Jesus is always faithful to do is help lead you to what's next. He does this specifically through his spirit. He does it through his word. And someone might say, nah, I'm just gonna trust my gut. I'm going with my gut on this one. Your gut is like a pen light. Like the doctors, you know, would use. It's very dim. It's not gonna really help you. In fact, it's probably gonna deceive you and make you think that you're going the right way when you're not. Not at all. When people are lost, they can even act temporarily insane. I remember my dad used to teach hunter safety when I was growing up in Colorado, and a part of that was some survival type things. And we'd watch these old cheesy videos that would tell stories of people that were supposed to be professionals, knew what they were doing when they went to the outdoors, and they'd tell these stories about how they'd get lost. And then they'd just make really irrational decisions. They'd wander off, and they'd find them weeks, months later, dead, but their dog is alive. Like the dog always survived in every one of those videos. Well, the reason why that happens is because, and, and this, is, this is what they would tell you. If you're out in the woods and you begin to sense that you're lost, as soon as you begin to sense that you're lost, you should stop. You stop. If you can, you build a fire. You stop and you wait. You're like, no, I know the truck's just right over there. Yeah, and a lot of people have thought that. So they'll try to walk towards that truck and then it's not there. But then they start getting a little bit irrational and crazy. And, and even in recent stories, people being lost, they'll, they'll track on, on a map like this is where they wind up going. Miles and miles and miles in the wrong direction 
and they're acting irrational. The same thing happens when you're spiritually lost. And you think, no, I know what's going on. I know where I part. But when you're lost, you don't think clearly. And it can cause you to make a lot of foolish decisions. Jesus helps you. He can lead you. He can guide you. In Psalm 119, 105, it says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Even in Bible times, they had these oil lamps that they could tie around their ankles. There weren't street lights. They didn't have flashlights. So they would have a torch and they'd have these lights. And here was the key component of that verse, I think. A light unto your path. A lamp unto your feet. What's also important about the way that Jesus leads is he'll never give you too far ahead. He knows how I would be if I could see too far ahead of me. If I could see too far ahead of me, I'd start depending on me. And I'd get out of step, I'd move too fast, I'd hurt myself, I'd hurt someone else. I'm trusting him for the next step. And his word gives me those steps. It gives me that clarity. It helps me see. Isaiah 42, 16, listen, I'll take the hand of those who don't know the way, who can't see where they're going. I'll be a personal guide to them, directing them through the unknown country. I'll be right there to show them what roads to take. I'll make sure they don't fall into the ditch. It's a big issue these days, people like ditches. These are the things that I'm going to do for them, sticking with them, not leaving them for a minute. So where right now in your life does it feel like there's some darkness? You don't know what to do. Maybe it's family or marriage or finances or where am I supposed to use the things that God has given me to minister, to serve? Wherever you're feeling it, that is the very area that Jesus really wants to light up. He wants to help you. Light exposes. Another thing about light, but here's the thing. It does it in two ways. Light exposes what is right, but it also exposes what's wrong. In Psalm 37, 4 through 6 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He will make your innocence radiant like the dawn and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Man, there's so much in that. There's a qualifier. You gotta delight yourself in the Lord. You gotta trust in him and commit your way. Like every day. I might have a plan I might have a strategy, but at the end of the day, I'm committing it all to you. And if I trust in you and commit my way to you, you give me the desires of my heart. Now, a lot of times when people read that, they're like, I want a new SUV. That is the desire of my heart. So if I do my daily devotionals, someone is going to gift me an SUV. Nope. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, 
when you truly lean into who God is and you spend time with him in devotion and intimacy every day, he begins to give you the right desires of your heart. And a lot of times those desires will have nothing to do with what your flesh would naturally want or what anybody else says that you need or want. It'll be supernatural things, but it'll be the things that ultimately will truly fulfill you. And when that happens, things light up. You begin to see a path. You begin to see your steps. You begin to walk out purpose. You begin to walk out calling. It exposes it exposes, but sometimes that light exposes some things that are off. For me, one of the greatest lights that has ever happened in my life is foreign missions. Because when I've gone to third world countries, the Holy Spirit put a light on my selfishness. The Holy Spirit put a light on my entitlement. He put a light on my materialism. He put a light on the fact that I'm not very thankful. And simultaneously, he puts a light on people that have that supernatural light that even though they have nothing, they have the only thing that matters, and that's the presence of God. But it's a little uncomfortable when God puts a light or uses other people to put light on the other side of your bed where it's a mess and dirty and needs to be cleaned out because light exposes. That was one of the parts of Jesus's ministry. He did it with so much grace. He did it with so much patience. But one of the things that he did was he exposed the Pharisees in their systems. He exposed where they were fake, where they were just ritualistic and legalistic, where there was no love, where they were nothing like God. Jesus came to show what God was really like. Some of us can struggle with some of the same things. There are modern day Pharisees. When you're doing an inspection of something, the only way an inspection can be done right is with some amount of focused, brighter lighting conditions than what's normally there. Otherwise, it's an ineffective inspection. And what can happen in so many of our lives and has happened in my life is I can get very comfortable being inspected under normal worldly conditions. God hasn't called you to compare yourself to the standard of culture in the world. God wants you to be fully exposed under the standard of his word. It is focused and it is revealing and it is difficult sometimes and it is the only way to experience life and life to the full. It's the only way to be exposed. It says in 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 29, you, Lord, are my light and you dispel my darkness. The enemy loves to lie. He's the father of lies. And when it comes to the things that are hidden in the dark of our life, whatever that might be, sometimes that's sin. Sometimes it's anxiety. Sometimes it's depression. Sometimes it's grief that we haven't completely let the Holy Spirit bring his healing and comfort to. It can be a lot of different things. And it's very difficult 
So let yourself be exposed to those things. Let his light be exposed to those things. But until you do, there's no healing. There's no freedom. There's no deliverance. The Lord says that he is faithful to forgive when you confess your sin, but real healing comes when you start telling somebody else. You don't get to experience real biblical community, the relationships that God's designed you to experience when you don't let light hit everything. But when you do, he dispels the darkness of regret and shame, the darkness of I wish I would have done it differently. He says, I'm getting ready to be your light. Also, light inspires. To be contagious with something, you have to have the disease first, okay? It's science. You have to have it to be contagious, right? The only way that you can be a carrier and be contagious with the presence, this light, this supernatural light is you've, you gotta experience it. You gotta catch it first. Have you ever had an experience that you could not describe with words, it could only be experienced. Like, you know, like an incredible restaurant with this incredible food. A few days ago we had, or a couple days ago, we had some barbecue and I kept telling Reeves, I'm like, Reeves, this barbecue, it's gonna make you wanna slap your mama and, and so we're gonna eat it when she's not home. It, it's hard to describe it. As soon as he experienced he's like, Dad, I'm like, I know, it's life-changing. It really can be. But it's kind of like when I went skydiving, people were like, what's it like skydiving? It's like, well, it's like, you fast? It's really fast. And there's a, there's a lot of wind. And you, your heart's not where it's supposed to be. Your stomach's not really where it's supposed to be. And it's, it's cool. Super cool. Try it sometime. When you swallow the sunshine of Jesus, it's something you can only experience. I can try to tell somebody about it. It's my responsibility to share my story, my testimony, but at the end of the day, if you could describe it, it would steal from that intimate experience that God wants to have with that person in their moment. And he's such a loving God, he wants them to experience it for themselves in their own way. Jesus, being the light of the world, made it. He was the original carrier, but he's given it to us. He's given it to us. And a lot of times we think, well, Jesus, yeah, he lived and perfect life and then he died and then he ascended into heaven. And, and he said, it's better for me to go because I'm sending my spirit. And so the same spirit that establishes, that established that supernatural eternal light of Jesus, the same spirit that rose him from the grave, defeated death, when you surrender to him, you have it. You have it. It's in you.
Colossians 1.12 says, your father has made you able to share all that he's prepared for his people in the kingdom of light. All? What does that mean? The Lord's prayer says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not, I'm gonna have to wait till heaven to really experience this. I'm gonna have to wait. It's gonna happen someday. No, what he's saying is, you can have it now. You can have it now and you need it now. Because the world is dark. Because the world is broken. And if you are trying to find your dependency on anything other than the presence, the light and spirit of Jesus, you will be lost. You will be in the dark every time. What this means is when you're walking in the light, the things that wind up coming against you wind up promoting you when you understand this. If you don't get this, then you're a victim and you will have this attitude of my life is like this because of blank. And you'll fill that blank in with a person's name or a situation or circumstance. But that just means that there's that supernatural light that hasn't hit that thing yet. It's that offense, it's that hurt, it's that wound, it's some area of your life. And if you're still depending on natural, temporary lights, somebody to apologize when they probably never will, or some promotion, or some accomplishment around your career, if you're depending on those momentary, fleeting lights to help you out, you're still gonna feel lost. And too many people live from day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year, looking forward to that next artificial counterfeit to real life. Some people live every day for that next little glimpse, a little spark in the next drink, and the next time they look at the stuff on the internet, on the next pill that they take, even on the next vacation that they take, on the next accomplishment of their kid, on the next thing in their career, on the next milestone of their life, thinking that is what I can look forward to. And it is a spark and doesn't give real light. So it has to come from something more. When the light of Jesus strengthens your life, you have the ability to use all the adversity in your life to advance and to bring him glory. A few weeks ago, we found a lump on Cody and we went in and saw the doctor and they told us, they confirmed what we thought. And that was that we were gonna be in a process. And so I know some of you didn't know that and some of you did and ultimately Cody was the one that got to decide who knew in the process and who didn't. But then we find ourselves in a season where we truly have to practice what we preach. And you might think, because I'm a pastor, that somehow those reports hit differently. No, they hit the same way. But there's a choice when they hit. And it can be immediate. And it is the grace of God. It isn't stick or strong will or it is testimony. 
It is evidence. It's he's done it before. But it's a choice. And that is, can you still have real peace? Can you have real hope? Can you have real joy? And so being in the process, this last week on Monday, we find ourselves in a clinic to have surgery. And while we're in there, there's a man, and I think it's the coolest thing. I, I, I think he, he might be a volunteer, he might be on staff, I don't know, but he's going around as, as couples are coming into this clinic, and everybody's there for the same reason. And he's going around, he's offering prayer. And so he comes up to us and he says, how are y'all doing? And Cody says, we're doing pretty good. And he says, I can tell. You got peace. You got joy. Felt a little bad. It might, I might have made it a little awkward. We might have made it a little awkward for the other people there because we're cutting up. Now, I know that I can use humor in my own life as a coping mechanism, but Cody doesn't do that. We just, we were okay. We were okay. We were okay even if. Even if. You go through all the same questions. It reminds you that you're gonna need some passwords to some stuff. Because Cody basically runs everything and spends all of my money. So I'm like, hey, even if, we should probably have a plan. But I'm just telling you, there's a real place, a real place of living where you just trust him no matter what. And there's joy and there's peace. It can happen. And so on Friday, we're waiting for the call. What are the results? And we've learned because we've been through a couple bouts with cancer that you wanna get the call in the middle of the day from a nurse and not from a doctor in the evening. <laughs> You get a call from a doctor in the evening, they're gonna say, is your husband with you? Are y'all sitting down? We've had that call too. But in the middle of the day, we get a call and she's clear of cancer. There's nothing there. So you're just gonna have to take my word for it. What I'm saying wouldn't change if the call happened at night. What I'm saying right now would not change. It would affect some things in our life. There is no doubt about that. I'm not pretending. I, 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 would, I would miss some Sundays. Uh, we would probably have a few other people have to come in and speak. And some of you are like, that would be awesome. You're long-winded. Please let us go. Uh, but it wouldn't change the life. It wouldn't change it. That's what Jesus came to give. That's it. It's a supernatural light. In heaven, there won't be a sun, S-U-N. 
everything will be lit by the glory of God. And what he invites us through the cross to encounter is that we can experience that light, his glory, his presence now. Now, it's eternal. I love what this man, when he prayed for us, he said it this way. He said, what was meant to be a stumbling block is now gonna be a stepping stone. We started having church. You're not gonna stand on the mountain someday because life was easy. You're gonna stand on the mountain someday because life and Satan himself tried to throw stuff at you and every time he did, you put it underfoot. The only way that a stumbling block is a stumbling block is if you can't see it. But if as soon as you see it, then you step on it and you step over it. That's what Jesus has for you. It's not gonna become, it's not gonna happen. You won't think or feel this way if you're still trying to make it happen through the natural things, the S-U-N. It only happens when you give complete and total dependency on the S-O-N. 1 Peter 1.12. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. When they spoke of the things that have now been told to you by those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, even angels long to look into these things. Guys, can you, I mean, think about that. What this is saying is because of what Jesus did, because of the gospel, because of his spirit, we have an opportunity to experience something the angels dream of being able to experience. Angels are around God all the time. So what's the difference? We get to experience the choice. We get to choose. Because he's a loving God, he gives us free will. He wouldn't be a loving God if we didn't have free will. He would be a dictator. But he is a loving God. He says, you get to choose. You choose. In every situation, in every season, you get to choose. When we were growing up, how many of you, your heroes growing up were astronauts? How many of y'all loved astronauts? How many of you said you wanted to be an astronaut when you grew up? You are not being honest this morning. It's okay, I get it. It was a little misleading though, because I remember a bunch of kids wanted to be astronauts. Like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Astronauts. And, and if they would have been honest, like, oh, I'm sorry, less than 1% of you are ever going to even have a chance. You know, they, but you know, teachers, you know, try to encourage their students and all that. But, but why did we want to be astronauts? Because you get to see stuff that no other human being gets to see. What do angels dream about seeing? what we have an opportunity to see because of Jesus. We have that opportunity. How many of you, when you sleep, you like to sleep with it pitch black? Like, I, I, want, I want that room to be as dark as possible. In fact, if there's like a little light, like on a charger or something like that, I'm like, kill it. Like, I, I don't want any light. I want the full dose of melatonin to hit my system. That's what I want, right? It's the best sleep. But how many of you also know that one of the most evil things that can happen is when you're in that place, perfect environment, sleeping, and someone just turns the lights on or throws the shutters back. At that point, you're like, why are you evil? Why do you hate me? 
The reason why I know this is because I do it to my boys every morning. Every morning I go up there, good morning, lights on. Why are you evil? Why do you hate us? Because my dad did it to me. And his dad did it to him. So it's tradition. Isn't it fun? The fact is, light blinds you if you don't want to wake up. There's a term thrown around, woke. This is the real waking. The one that really matters. But you get to choose. Do I want to be woke up? Am I ready? Am I ready? Throw the shutters back, Jesus. I'm ready. You get to choose. Let's close our eyes, bow our heads. The Holy Spirit is going to minister to some of you. And some of you that you're believers. But there is a compartmentalization that happens. There's an area of your life that you've put under a shade. You've put a filter on it to make it look better than it really is. You haven't allowed the Lord to truly expose that area to his light. And he, and he wants you to respond, but he won't force you. You gotta be ready to wake up. You gotta be ready to let that light hit it. And I don't know what that is, but I know the Holy Spirit is really good at his job. And I would just encourage you that, that even now as he's bringing it to your heart and mind, that you respond, you open your heart, you make the decision consciously, you make it privately, but then it needs to move from there. It needs to move from that place to a point of confession. We're always encouraged, be authentic with everyone, be completely transparent with a few. So I hope that you have those few that you can be completely transparent with. Hopefully if you're married, that can be your spouse. Hopefully it's biblical community around you. But the Holy Spirit is leading you in that right now. But there's also some of you, you know that you've really been in the dark a long time. Some of you that have been going through the motions of church, you may have even led, served in a church. You might've been a teacher of his word in a Sunday school class, sang songs and worship from a stage, but you have not truly surrendered to his light. You haven't been willing to be laid bare under the great physician 
let him do the work that he needs to do. You've never truly surrendered and confessed, laid your life down and said, I don't have it, I need you. And I wanna give you a chance to respond to him right now. So if that's you, you know it's time. You know it's time to surrender to who Jesus is, his presence. Surrender to him as your Lord and Savior. I wanna give you a chance to respond because he's already speaking to your heart. I wanna just give you a chance to respond if you know you, you need to. You're ready and willing to confess it to me and to your heavenly Father. I want you to put your hand up right now across this room. Say, that's me, I'm ready to surrender. And as soon as I make eye contact, you can put your hand down. Thank you. Thanks for being bold. Anyone else, I'm ready to surrender to Jesus today as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, sir. Been praying for you this service. Lord, put individuals on my heart sometimes as I'm speaking, and you are one of them. So thank you for responding to him. He loves you. He still has a plan for your life. I don't know your story, but he knows every detail of it. And he still loves you. Is there anyone else? I'm ready to surrender to him. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I see you guys, both of you. Anyone else? I'm ready to surrender to him. I'm ready to make Jesus my Lord and Savior today. Come and be my light. All right. So I just want us all, we're gonna all join together and pray with these folks. So repeat after me. Say, Jesus, I need you. I really need you. I'm broken. I know I've sinned. I can't pay the price for it. But I believe that you paid the price, that you died on the cross for me. I ask for your forgiveness. I believe that you rose from the grave, defeating my sin, defeating death, so that I can experience your light. I invite you to have complete control. Be my Lord. Be my savior. Father, I thank you for the life that we have in you and I thank you for those few that just got to swallow some sunshine in your presence. And I thank you, Lord, that that is just the beginning because we still live in a broken world and we, we can still be subjected and allow ourselves to be subjected to darkness. And I thank you, God, that we all can come to you every morning because your mercies are new. And because of the cross. There's never a time that we can't come back to you. And God, I pray that you help every person that just made that decision to continue to grow in an understanding of purpose and calling. God, give them a hunger for your word. I pray that they'd have a supernatural, powerful experience with your spirit, that they would long and seek after the gifts of your spirit, that those gifts would deepen intimacy with you and encourage the body of believers around them. And God, I pray that they would be connected to a body of believers, a biblical community that would encourage them and challenge them and support them. 
We thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give God some praise for those folks who made a decision this morning.